this guy, man. The costume, next level commitment. One of my guests is trying to kill us! Oh my god, I don't, I don't even know what I just saw! Let's start the show! Welcome to Court Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love, when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt, joined by our ever-present co-host, Brian Brushwood. Yeah, man, if there's one thing you can say about Brian Brushwood is he's ever-present. But more importantly, what the hell did I just lay eyes upon, Bryce? That is uh, the body. It is the first of the, the Hulu 12-part uh, monthly series, Into the Dark, that Blumhouse Television is doing. Okay. And so this one's based on Halloween. And it's about a hitman who has to transport a dead body through a Halloween party where everyone thinks he's just got a really great costume. Did, uh, did I see what I thought I just saw? A body wrapped in uh, a saran wrap and, yeah. then, and then and then you, you, the squish and then the blood and the... Uh, all right. Yeah. That's, uh, 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 congratulations, audio listeners. Uh, uh, good, good for you. Uh, that's you coming dodged a bullet. October, <laughs> yeah. I believe that's October 2nd or October 5th. The early October is when that's coming Excellent. on Hulu. Excellent. Uh, well, joining us today, uh, very happy to have on the show Jeff Peterson. He's one of two other people who sat at the purple table in kindergarten with me. Uh, he wrote a letter to Jimmy Carter in 1980 that we received this response to about the Moscow Olympics uh, and also uh, is the senior customer manager at Mars Wrigley Confectionery. <laughs> Let's let Thank let's you. let's unpack. First of all, I, 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 like you're Perry Mason, you're showing off evidence. Like Exhibit A, there is that a real letter from the White House? Yes, it is. Uh, the why, White House. Why do you have it and not Jeff? Oh, because Jeff gave it to me at our class reunion a couple weeks ago. Okay, d d Jeff, did you have so many of these that that you just felt like <laughs> throwing them away? What, what's going on here? I had one. Tom and I wrote it to the president. We actually got a response. We were shocked. We we're ten years old, I think. Yeah, it stayed in a box after that at my house for, well, uh, up until a few weeks ago. That is amazing. That is amazing. OK, so we have a would it be fair to say a presidential correspondent insofar as you guys <laughs> definitely corresponded I mean, yeah. with the president? <laughs> exactly. We literally corresponded. Okay. So, yeah. If I can put that on my resume, I'm fine with it. <laughs> we can now. Brian, you've done us both a service here. You know, we've, we've now beefed up our resumes. Because uh, well, of well, 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 write the president and tell him how great I am. <laughs> but the, the, the other reason for having Jeff on the show uh, is working at Mars, you're sort of in the business that keeps theaters in money so that they can keep showing movies to us, sort of. Sort of. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they don't make a lot of money on the ticket, right? There's not a lot of margin in ticket sales for them. So anything they can do to get more people buying more concessions, that's where I come in. That's one of the things we've talked about before is um, I, 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 I don't want to exaggerate and say that there's there's no money in the ticket sales, but almost certainly people should be thinking of movie theaters as essentially restaurants or concession stands that happen to run an entertaining picture show uh, upon which they make virtually no money. Is, is, is that an exaggeration to say? Yeah, I don't think so. No, especially now when you look at the trend. So as um, concession stale, sales tend to slow down or, or traffic really slows down, right? Less people coming through the doors. They're trying to figure out more ways to sell more things. So that's why you see this new trend 
that's happening in the, the, the movie bistros, right? They're, they're essentially becoming restaurants that show a movie rather than movie houses that happen to sell candy or food. Sure, sure. Is, is that a bad thing for the confectionery industry or, or do you lean right into that and say, great, the, the more food people are buying at a restaurant, the more candy we can sell them? So for us, I mean, selfishly, it's a bad thing for us, right? Because from a marketing standpoint, the AMCs of the world, they're, they're probably the best example. Um, they're taking up all their marketing inventory, if you will. So, um, you know, all their social, mobile, digital, all that space is being sent, spent marketing food or alcohol rather than concessions and candy. So, so where you used to see the M&Ms on screen to make you want to go buy some M&Ms, now they show like a delicious chicken sandwich and a beer. Exactly, exactly. AMC is probably the best example. So if you notice, they'll always pair an alcoholic beverage, some kind of new mixed drink with every new big movie release and market the heck out of it, right? So that's marketing space that if they didn't sell alcohol, that would be going to... M&M's, for instance. You're kind of blowing my mind here, Jeff, because now all of a sudden I'm thinking about something as simple as a gas station. Like we think of a gas station as a place you go to get a gas, but gasoline is a commodity mm -hmm. upon which they make basically zero dollars per, per gallon sold. Really, the way they make their money is on the uh, the candies and such that you buy when you happen to go to the place that has the gas. So 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 just as. Uh, from a movie perspective, uh, you, you, you need art in your life. So you go to the art, uh, uh, uh downloadable service, uh, AKA a movie theater. And while you're there, you have to eat. And then that's where a company like, uh, uh, all companies, whatever, uh, can make their money. I never thought of a gas station as a candy store that happens to sell gas to attract people to stop by. That's, that's amazing. No, absolutely. When you think about gas prices, so I used to, uh, deal in that sort of business as well. Um, so gas prices, gas prices go up, people make less trips, they buy less gas, it crushes the each convenience store, right? Because less trips inside. But the, the challenge is always how do you get somebody from the gas pump, I know we're getting off topic, into mm -hmm. the into the building. And a lot of times they'll do uh, rewards programs or things like that, anything to incentivize. And that's why you see more advertising at the pump, for instance. Uh, or, or when the they on move and they put the pump, in the wrong zip code by accident, then they'll have to go in and use it. Yeah. That, that happened to me yesterday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, man, you've already given us so much to, to think about, and we haven't even yeah, so got I, to our primary I, target. Yeah, let's do it. Recode's Ronnie Mala has an article about the types of content the different streaming services are making, according to Ampere Analysis. Uh, Ampere Analysis kind of looked at all of the stuff that's out there, all of the stuff that's been announced, and broke it down by types. So, for instance, Netflix makes the most original shows, period, of any network. 245 original shows available. Of course, you know, time limit. We're not counting CBS going back into the 50s, et cetera. But uh, across the same amount of time, 255 shows are available right now and 257 on the way. Amazon has 80 available. HBO, been around for a while, only has 69 shows available for you to stream. YouTube Premium has 60 shows available. That's the old YouTube Red. Facebook Watch 45 original shows available. Showtime only has 40. And Hulu Originals only has 34. Then when you look at the upcoming break, Netflix, 21% uh, comedy, 20% sci-fi and fantasy, 16% drama. 
Amazon, 27% drama, 25% sci-fi and fantasy, 16% comedy. Uh, and then it starts to change. YouTube, 40% comedy. Uh, Hulu has comedy and drama, but also 15% crime and thriller. Facebook, 30% news. Uh, Apple, all planned at this point, except for carpool karaoke and a couple others. Uh, 26% comedy, 26% crime and thriller. HBO, 39% drama, 20% comedy, 17% sci-fi and fantasy. So there's a trend in here where you can say, like, these streaming services definitely targeting comedies, sci-fi, fantasy, and drama. But also, Brian, I'm wondering if we're starting to see a little differentiation the way we've seen certain networks be known, like NBC was known for comedies and and CBS known for crime dramas or, or even more like sci-fi, a sci-fi network known for sci-fi. Are we seeing the streaming services start to differentiate that way as well? Certainly we're seeing them casting about we, we have seen them cast about for a while trying to figure out their own unique voice and i think they're settling into different niches where it's like in general like like it makes sense that when i think of amazon i think of uh their dominant uh drama uh, offerings same right. thing with 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 hbo and so on um uh certainly with youtube a brand that has forever been associated with cat videos and skateboarding dogs or whatever like like it would make sense that it would be dominant in 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 the comedy category um i don't have a take on this but my gut instinct is that i would love to know what the relationship is to how long a platform has been around to what area it tends to be dominant in. Now, in the case of HBO, we know that they were an outlier in the days of broadcast television uh, back before cable was allowed in the Emmys, you know, the cable ace awards, they realized what we're going to do is we're going to dominate. Let's figure out what niches are underserved. Let's serve them. And, and a lot of them were long form dramatic content. Uh, you know, for example, your Sopranos and so on. And of course that's the playbook that FX the cable channel later uh, began tried to ape. Um, when it comes to Netflix, the fact that so much of their, uh, you know, uh, I, mm, I, I, I'm curious as to why Amazon has leaned so dramatic in their content lineup. Whereas Netflix seems to have been spread out fairly evenly over all categories. And yeah, it's hard to compare to Netflix because they have 245 shows available and 257 on the way. Their play is to be everything. So 21% comedy, okay, but it's pretty flat. Almost everything is close to 20% across plus, the spectrum. Plus also keep in mind that Netflix, as they go into, let's say, niches like uh, like anime, do you categorize anime as a comedy, a drama, or a sci-fi, or well, or and all that's, of the above. You know, that's up to Ampere analysis, but I'm sure you could you could categorize it as anime, uh, and it, and it wouldn't necessarily affect these numbers a lot. Uh, you know, Crunchyroll is going to be 100 <laughs> percent anime. Uh, sure. So we so we have we have a couple of these that are that are differentiated. My, the way I'm thinking about this, and I'm curious uh, from the outside, Jeff, what what how you see this as well, given what streaming services you use. It feels like right now the problem is there's too many streaming services and they all offer everything. I wonder if the solution to that is, one, we start to see some of these go under and decide, like, you know what, we can't compete with Netflix. We can't even compete with Amazon. We're going away. Or if some of them, instead of going under, decide to specialize. And the fact that you don't have to subscribe to so many of them means that maybe there can be more single type like Crunchyroll out there. Um, that's Jeff, do you that's have any exactly thoughts on that? 
Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, Tom, as you were as you were going through, right? If Netflix is all things to all people, at some point, if these other guys can't compete, they're going to have to specialize, right? You see that in business as well. So that would be my guess at where it's all heading. That is if nobody can compete with Netflix. Well, and, and I think people can, uh, I, I think your instinct is, I'm hearing you is correct. Like, like no, nobody, uh, Netflix is Goliath, right? You don't take Goliath on face to face. However, there are, you, uh, you know, you can compete in increasingly small sub niches, right? Where, 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 where you get increasingly specific about all these things where it's like, okay, maybe you can't win in drama, but you can win in sci-fi alternate reality dramas. That's a place that you can win. And, and, and you can, uh, maybe you can't win in comedy, but you can win in romantic comedies, uh, with, with a, with a dark, uh, black mirror twist, yeah, that, that kind of thing. When you think about it, so I think of everything in re, in retail terms because that's where I work, right? So if you think about a Walmart, they're kind of all things to all people or all people, right? Like they service all products, right? Um, it doesn't mean necessarily that you know another business that specializes in something that Walmart's carrying can't be impactful, and it's just about a different strategy. So I trust this smaller brand that only does hardware because they have some other service that I value, right, as a customer. So does that make sense? Like, can it actually, can they specialize, but you you trust them more because they specialize, so they're way more successful in that smaller niche? Well, so we've got uh, the four main brands. We've got your Hulu, your Netflix, your Amazon, and uh, I guess YouTube, we'll throw them in there, right? And and we've seen, they've all been roughly around for the same amount of time and we've watched them jockey for position. And I don't know that they chose their individual niches that they've ended up, but or, or maybe so much just found themselves there. But this begins the phase where everybody leans into where they are. And, and I would say Amazon seems to be the leader in that as far as figuring out like, hey, with a uh, 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 man in a high castle, you know, and and, uh, you know, we're, we're but now that I say that I'm thinking about Hulu originals like uh, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I got nothing. I got yeah, nothing. I'm trying to make an analog to the fact that we've had four major broadcast channels that are variety. Right. And then. And then we have all these cable channels, some of which may be variety like USA, but they focus on an aspect like drama or TBS focuses on comedy all the way down to the genre channels like sci-fi. But, um, but but I would say like going back to the beginning of your statement, you, we had these four state, uh, four major networks that were all variety based, uh, in that time, they would carve out different time chunks for different types of content. There was a time for sitcom, and then after 10 p.m., there well, you was. You said had. We still have them, and they're still extremely popular. Yeah. So I'm just, I guess what I'm saying is, I mean, they are the, they still get the biggest ratings sure. for the most part. You know, it's sure. a surprise when a cable show like Walking Dead beats a broadcast show still. So I, I wonder if there's still. If that's where we end up, which which is like we do like having a Netflix that is just kind of all things to all people. And we like to having a couple of those. So maybe Amazon, Hulu stick around and everybody else who wants to get in this game has to specialize. Yeah, I mean, that that certain I mean, that sounds like the trend as far as I could tell. Mm hmm. All right. Well, I'm glad we solved that. Uh, good work, Jeff. <laughs> You're uh, welcome, networks. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah, no charge. You can take that and run with it. Uh, meanwhile, we're going to take your money and run with it into the rest of the episode 
because you support us directly on Patreon. That's how we're able to do this show. Yeah, a quick reminder, uh, have you noticed that there's not any ads on here? That's because you guys support us directly. Uh, you guys keep us loud, live, and independent. Uh, what, six years ago? My goodness, it's been forever. Six years ago, we, uh, we left the network, and then uh, the two of us have, have, have been running free, loud, and proud. Uh, and it's all because of you guys. If you think this episode is worth it, Buck, we would love to have it. Head on over to patreon.com slash courtkillers and join the ranks of the proud. That's a if line not, I made up. If you're not giving us a dollar, you're not proud. Uh, okay, well, you don't have to be ashamed of... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think they yeah. might. Leave I, the ranks of the ashamed look, okay, and yeah. join either, the ranks of the proud. Either give us a dollar or once a week say, I'm ashamed. Okay. It's your choice. Yeah, yeah. legit. Yeah. Patreon.com slash courtkillers. <laughs> Let's talk about how to watch. So this week, it's a tale of two types of hardware. We'll go through the first and talk about it on its own. Then I'd like to compare it to the next announcement. Cavo, uh, we've talked about them in the past. They're the ones that had the really cool wood grain looking universal remote system that used some AI to try to do visual recognition and see what you were watching and predict what you needed next. Uh, they're starting to mature, so they've introduced a cheaper version, uh, the Cavo Control Center, which is $99. The original Cavo was $399. Uh, there's also an ongoing service fee now uh, and half the HDMI ports of the earlier one. So you only get four HDMI parts. Also, no more customizable wooden covers. It's just a black box. And the service fee is $1.99 a month or $20 for a year. But what that gets you is the machine vision system that also now works with smart TVs. Before, it couldn't see what was on the screen. It had to intercept the video as it was going to the TV, but now it's been working with the smart TV manufacturers to be able to see what's on the TV screen as well and be able to use HDMI CEC or an API or IR to execute what you want it to do without you having to think about it. You just say, I want to watch Game of Thrones. It figures out what box HBO is on uh, and what device it needs to activate to make that work and puts it up on the screen for you. So I would be curious on Jeff's take on this because it seems to me that this is an artifact of a maturing device that figures out what is it we really offer our our viewers, our listeners, our buyers or whatever. And ultimately what they want is simplicity. And at that point, you have to figure out like, OK, uh, we could charge a thousand dollars for the simplicity box. And, and you know, at, at some point you could charge a million dollars for the simplicity box. And it's quite literally a, a, a concierge or a butler who you just describe what you want and he hands <laughs> it to you. Right. That would be the least efficient version of this. So Cavo did a 1.0 version of this that that was upscale and, and had the trappings of, 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 you know, I don't know, beauty of an Atari 2600. But at some point they figured out like, OK, well, let's dial it down. Let's only have four HDMI ports. Uh, and more importantly, let's let you know, we don't need to make it so aesthetically beautiful if what people are really buying is direct access and simplicity in, in how they talk to it. Uh, have, have you encountered one of these, Jeff? Do you, do you have a strong take on, on the place for this concierge level AI device uh, as, as, as you interact with television? And my question was, why have I not heard about this? <laughs> oh yeah. You know, I mean, it seems it's an interesting piece of equipment, obviously something I might be interested in. I have hundreds of channels and I hate searching. Uh, I have five favorites and that's what I watch, right? I'm sure there's plenty of other content out there that I 
I would watch if I could find it. And it sounds like this might this device might be the thing that I could use. So I, I've never heard of it. I'm sure all your car, core killer audiences have heard of it. Why I, I, why I, have I not heard of it? I, I think the price was a big off-putting thing to begin with. I think it was intra- similar to the Tesla Roadster. It was targeted to a very mm-hmm. uh, price uh, insensitive group of people where it's just like, you know, hey man, uh, you got all the money in the world, give us 400 bucks, we're going to make this real simple for you, look, it looks real pretty and it's upscale, you're going to have a great time with it. And now we're at the point where they think, it, and again, this is all me as an outsider just watching this, it looks like they're figuring out, oh no, 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 we're really onto something what people want is a chaotic environment made simple and we have that service that we could do let's figure out let's how figure out how to make it plastic let's figure out how to get the price real low let's how let's figure out another thing smart move to make it a monthly service thing like that's the kind of thing you know i'll pay 2.99 a month for somebody to make everything simple for me it's cheap cheaper think about this think about the one time per month that out of frustration you can't find a show and you end up just buying it for what price? $2.99. So instead, just give us that $2.99 once a month and uh, we'll make it real easy well, for you to find the show. It's only, it's only a buck ninety-nine. I, I think your your mind can't accept that it's that that cheap, right? Because uh, no, I, it could not, quite literally. I, I, but when I was reading the story just now, I was like, and it's like, what, four ninety nine? And then I look at the words in front of me and I'm like, dollar ninety nine? Really? Like part of me is like, ah, I don't want to have to have a service fee. But at that price, you're like, you know what? I'll just pay the 20 bucks, right? I mean, I mean, if that's you can almost afford the $99, you can probably afford the two bucks a month. I mean, it's it's practically the price of, of two packets of peanut M&Ms, uh, my, <laughs> the, the most delicious confectionery. Not in the theater, though, Brian. Oh, sorry. In the <laughs> you need the whole big the bag in the theater. cover two bags. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or the caramel M&Ms, which I can say are quite delicious as well. Uh, no, it's. Uh, I, I think you're right about the service fee because it brings that price down to a point where people are like, oh, well, it's 99 bucks. Okay. And a universal remote, that's pretty great. Uh, they're, they're sort of trying to eat Logitech's lunch with the, the Harmony By the way, um, and doing it better. Se- separate thing, separate story. Uh, in spoiler in time, we're going to talk about Dirk Gently's uh, Holistic uh, Detective Agency. I was this close to just buying it because uh, my VP was turned on i couldn't i logged in it was like you're in canada you can't and it's and then i went to i poked around and it gave me different answers and i got just the right amount of frustrated that i thought you know it would be easy spending two dollars 99 cents and making it go away so the idea that as insurance i could just do a dollar 99 a month and never have to worry about this again very compelling now, here's the other piece of hardware I wanted to compare this to. TiVo has a new set-top box, the Bolt OTA. This will join the existing lineup of TiVo Bolt-branded devices, uh, including the voice-controlled Bolt Vox DVRs that they launched last year. The new device is aimed at people who want to watch live TV over the air and replaces the old classic, the TiVo Romeo OTA DVR. That's the one I used for many years, uh, which will no longer be sold. While the one terabyte Bolt Vox is 300 bucks with a $15 a month subscription TiVo service plan, the one terabyte Bolt OTA is $250 and has a monthly fee of $7. So basically for the difference of not having to support cable card, you save $50 on the price of the box and half the monthly service fee. It's available online now and coming to stores October 7th. Tom, I'm not going to lie. Like, it's fairly stark after our previous story, seeing the difference in prices on this. Uh, 
a $400 device goes to $99 plus $199 a month. New story, it's uh, uh, $300 plus 15 bucks per month, gone down to $7 a month. I mean, this is a... Uh, is this is this just a relic of the past? I mean, is it, is is Kivo like it, like? I'm tempted to do the same thing and go like, oh, your hot new product Tivo is the old product without cable card, and a fifty dollar discount. Great, but they are two different machines. One is a sure. universal remote that can record that can control your Tivo if you want. Like it's it's agnostic. It just says for those of you who want to have more than one box, we'll make it easy for you to manage everything. Tivo is saying we want you to have everything in a box so that you can just talk to the box and we'll have all the apps and we'll have your over the air stuff and it'll all be in one place. And and it's totally worth pointing out that there is a definite difference between somebody who can use a Cavo because they have, uh, let's say, gigabit fiber at their house, right? Everything's all over the internet, whereas the OTA matters. These are people who are True. trying to consume media entertainment, but for whatever reason, my guess is if they had gigabit fiber, they would not be using a TiVo over-the-air uh, antenna device. Potentially, yeah, unless there's a channel that they get over the air that isn't available on Sling TV or PlayStation View or something like that, right? Um, or like my sister, she can stream Netflix because Netflix does really good bandwidth management, but she can't really use all the streaming services out there. So they have direct TV, but they could do this. They could get an over the air signal um, and and actually, you know, combine it that way. So it's it's good for folks in those kinds of situations where, yeah, maybe one or two apps on the TV will work for them, but their bandwidth isn't so good that they, or maybe they have a cap. Uh, and so they'd rather use over the air most of the time. Jeff, what, what do you make of the comparison between these two? I mean, for me, obviously, I'm thinking from a brand perspective, TiVo, I mean, I, I, it doesn't seem as interesting as a, just a brand perspective as a Cabo to me. I'm, I'm a layman, so I don't know anything about specs <laughs> and things like that. But just strictly from brand, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of with you, Tom. No, I'd hate to say it, but I think you're 100% right, Jeff. It's, it just feels like... TiVo is is the hot new thing from 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> like and 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 I think we've all been waiting for them to evolve and I don't feel like they've evolved to the level I would like. It's it's frustrating because they're doing all the right things like 2 years after they needed to, right? Like this Bolt O the OTA TV, DVR is exactly what I wanted 2 years ago. Exactly. Uh, but now I'm like, yeah, I don't even really use the antenna that much anymore. I could just do a Tableau or something cheaper well, and, and, I, if I really want that. I don't need this. I don't think like just a little, little like a couple steps behind. That's the other thing, too, especially as we're seeing transformative uh, leaps and bounds forward in terms of uh, uh, getting Internet bandwidth to all of, of the world. You know, just the over the hair, air, air, I don't know. Oh, I, I'm over the hair, H-A-R-E. Uh, I'm imagining the hair as a wow. rabbit that I jumped over. Not all of us have conductive hair that can receive television transmissions. So. <laughs> Although I, I did my best back in the day with this, <laughs> the spikes. You really did. I forgot about that. <laughs> all right, let's move on and talk about what to watch in under surveillance. Not like this it's all about There's a new trailer out for Star Wars Resistance. Shows a lot of space battles, some X-Wing fighters. Uh, flies onto the Dis Disney Channel and Disney XD October 7th. Who's excited for Star Wars Resistance and more space battles? I I, I think I am. Separate question, and, and I mean no political. I ain't got no dog in the political fight or whatever. How do you think Disney, the company, feels about the increased 
politicization of the word resistance? No, that's a great question because they had it first. Right. People forget that. Resistance was in The Force Awakens before it was being used politically. But that has flipped where people think of resistance to mean a liberal ideology now. Uh, and it starts to feel like it's Star Wars imitating that, even though that's not, not at all true. And of course, in the in the uh, long latency produ- production time of any kind of animated anything, it's like, uh, you know, they, they, they had to create all this, uh, you know, before knowing this is where people were going to adopt that ter- terminology. Uh, it's, I, it's a direct parallel of Star Wars Rebels, which was about the beginning of the rebellion. This is resistance, which is about the beginning of the resistance. Yeah, only that word means something different now. Uh, uh, it's, it's so frustratingly but, weird. At this point, though, what can they do? Can they? Is what are the options? Right. I mean, I guess the only moves they have at this point, this late in the development cycle, is they could certainly shape the advertising for it. They can make some edits if they need to. If there's something that they're afraid is going to read as too red state or blue state. Um, but outside of that, I don't. I don't even know. I mean, it, it really is this kind of glacial. It moves on its own. It's got its own momentum right now. Do, now, would this be different if it were a more adult uh, targeted show? I mean, does that change the game because it's a Disney product? Well, is, is the is the resistant piece less valuable or less important? I suspect it's more valuable in that it's one of those perfect Rorschach tests because you've got. A lot of people who are interested in Star Wars, you know, grew up with it and, and they're now in their, you know, midlife, give or take. Uh, and, and, and maybe to them, it's a benefit what it means as a reflection, however subtle, of, of the current reality in American politics. But on the flip side, you also get away with it being like, yeah, it's a kid show. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you could call it. Uh, I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a, you know what let's do that star I think that wars was the disney, I not think that even was the gonna disney go meeting. there it was like maybe we should change the name well we could call it <laughs> forget it star wars eh i don't know i don't know <laughs> Just uh, watch it. i'm excited for it though i really like the trailer and i thought it looked good uh new season of mst3k arrives on netflix once again on turkey day thanksgiving day november 22nd this is the second season yep uh, second season I- with uh, the new cast. Correct. Yes. Correct. Uh, dude, that's fantastic. That's good news. Jeff, did you ever watch MST3K? I did. Yeah. Years ago. Uh, yeah. Wasn't Patton Oswalt involved at some point? Yep. Yep. Last yeah, year. he's still in it. Felicia Day is still in it. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Netflix is going to be the carrier for DC's Titan series outside of the U.S. If you're in the U.S., of course, it'll be on DC Universe, and that launches October 12th. We didn't get a date on when it will premiere on Netflix. Usually with these deals, though, they premiere around the same time. So this is a... Uh... <sighs> Forgive me. Like it's, I, I know it started off as a relatively adult property that was made into a comedy cartoon called T Titans Go, which is how most of us know it. But, but this is going back to the original of the. Yeah, Titans and this crew. is very adult looking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and like Star Trek Discovery or Better Call Saul, uh, Netflix, you know, kind of willing to be flexible and pick it up outside the U.S. if if they can. Yeah. Hulu's got a first look at season two of Marvel's Runaways. Uh, Hulu is dropping all episodes at once this time on December twenty first. Is is that a is that a sign of confidence for Runaways, or is that a sign of uh, please don't make us have to cancel Runaways? That's a good question. I'm not sure because I I can see the argument both ways. It could be a sign of confidence, like oh we don't have to string you out 
with with weekly drops. We're not tied you know, we know, to we your, your broadcast so Let's give it to you all at once. Yeah. Or it could be uh, if we try to string you out with weekly drops, you may stop watching. Let's let's give it to you all at once. Maybe you'll binge it. Do you think it could be? When, do we have a date on that Disney streaming service? Is that 2019? Oh, that's we don't have interesting. A date yet, but it's 2019. Yeah. Because it could be Disney saying, "Let's clear the decks. You got it. Push it out." Everything. I wonder that, how that's... much leverage a company has on that with Hulu. Usually, the production company doesn't get to tell the broadcast company when to air something. They they have full control over their schedule. I would assume Hulu would have that same control, but maybe not. <sighs> Uh, yeah, I don't have a strong read on this either way. But Disney uh, has a stake in Hulu. Uh, and, yeah, they do. Yeah, they but do. they don't manage it. There's a diff- There's a big difference. Well, okay. There, yeah. there, there's. We all agree that Disney is not telling Hulu what to do, but <laughs> there's that whisper. There could network be a strong of, suggestion of yeah, like, yeah, you know, right. We'd really hey, like you know what would do. be great is just you know we're trying. Here's our initiative: is we're trying to clear the deck of all these mid-completion projects, and we right, just right. want them. No, out. here's yeah, and here, and then the and the conversation goes, and you know. When Fox's merger gets approved, we'll own most of you. So we'll be your bosses right. for real. Then. Like, I mean, you guys do whatever you're what, going to do. right for Hulu. We just want you to so do you what's know. right for Hulu, which is to drop all these at once. Right. But but we're just saying on our end, this is what we're <laughs> aiming for. But you do you do whatever. Also, what's your name and, and how long have you been with the company? Uh, yeah. uh, first trailer for Dark Phoenix, which is an X-Men movie. But it's called Dark Phoenix, not X-Men Returns to Dark Phoenix or anything like that. This is the one with Jamie McAvoy as Professor X, uh, that cast of X-Men. Shows Jean Grey, played by Sophie Turner, pretty much being furious for all kinds of good reasons uh, and is out February 14th. What do you think? Well, what do you, what do you uh, lay odds, uh, uh, play, play odds maker on this? Ah. <sighs> I feel like this is they're trying to borrow a little bit of Logan and throw it into X-Men first class and st- see if both positives stick. And I c- it could go either way. Um, I'm going to say 64 percent. Awesome. And this is a movie movie or or I, movie. I, I, yeah, it's a movie movie. It's the kind of movie that you want to buy a lot of candy and sit down. and eat. <laughs> buy a lot. OK, fair enough. <laughs> So my my question to you two would be X Men fatigue. At what point does that happen? No, it's called Dark Phoenix. Not- <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, to, to your point, Jeff, uh, you're not wrong. We've spent a lot of time. You know, it's, it's it's some of the younger listeners may not even remember that 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 the Marvel Renaissance began with uh, X Men movies, and that we've been around for a long time, but. The X-Men franchise is a rich enough tapestry that we've been able to see it reinvent itself in multiple different ways, not only with Logo, with First Class and then again with Logan uh, uh, in a totally different direction in a splinter universe. And then, of course, in a comedy direction with, with, with Deadpool, I'm left with the strong feeling that that unlike the Star Wars universe, the X-Men universe... I hate to say it. The X-Men universe is bigger than the Star Wars universe. Like somehow the X-Men universe has been able to go to all these interesting corners and reinvent itself in different directions. Whereas all we get with the Star Wars you're universe so far. You're saying the so story far, universe is bigger. And I, I think the, I a hundred percent agree. You're well, not, no, you're no, not I, saying, I, I, I mean, you're not saying the universe of fans is bigger is no, what no, I'm no, no. trying I, to. I, I'm saying in execution, the mm-hmm. X-Men universe has managed to demonstrate a wider diversity of of storytelling places to go than so far Disney's stewardship of of Star Wars has been. Yeah. On on but at the same time, the fact that they're calling it Dark Phoenix, not X-Men, 
the fact that I had to point out like, this is the one with the Jamie McAvoy, Professor X. I think there is a little fatigue out there. Uh, yeah, but also like they called it Logan. They didn't call it X-Men's Logan, mm-hmm. you know, and, good and, point. And, right. and meanwhile, exactly. Logan is undisputably, un, it, Logan is not only undisputably the best of all the X-Men movies, it's, uh, I would say undisputably, indisputably the, the best comic book movie, full stop. It was very clearly not an X-Men movie, even from the trailer, whereas this looks like an X-Men movie to me, just not called an X-Men movie. Yeah, well, you, I don't know. You, you touched on it, Tom. I mean, are, is that the strategy to do away or move away from the X-Men in the title altogether because of potential fatigue? I mean, maybe. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, think for, for, or maybe a thing they tried with Logan and it worked so well. They're like, let's keep doing that. Think about it this way. Like, it's not like when we see a girl with the dragon tattoo or whatever, it's like a Swedish movie. You know, it's like uh, that, that's just the land where it takes place. Right. Or, or you know, if we see <laughs> if we see a bunch of Greek gods, it's like a Greek movie. No, it's in a like, world where we, Greek gods are Swedish. Right. And right. X-Men. Like, I, I think that's an indication that these myths and, and characters are, are, you know, familiar to us all is that you don't need to mention it's an X-Men movie. By the way, Xylophony is calling me out for calling James McAvoy Jamie. I, I don't know why I felt friendly to him today. And like, you know, my old buddy, Jamie McAvoy. Uh, but yes, uh, all respect to James McAvoy, his his actual name. J-Dog. J-Dog <laughs> Mac. J-Mac. Uh, hey, what do we got our J-Mac. eyes on? Two, one or two things you've been watching recently that you loved. Uh, Jeff Peterson, what, what's been filling your eyeballs? Oh, wow. Uh, so I recently watched, uh, this is not highbrow stuff, but, uh, Paradise PD on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen that. Um, no, it's from the creators of Brickleberry. So it's an animated series. It's sort of like, uh, Simpsons and family guy, but a <laughs> lot more adult, if you will. So, uh, I loved it personally. So, uh, is this a Netflix original or? Mm-hmm. It, it is. Yeah. It, it just, uh, this is probably three weeks ago. Maybe, um, it was up. Yeah. Did it's I pretty throw you both the curveball? You haven't seen this or heard of it. And so is this one I want to watch with kids or adults or no, do not watch with kids. Yes. Uh, so, so, Family so in other words, let the kids watch that by themselves and then just leave yeah, them unattended. Watch. I it. know it's we more, talked about it briefly once and I saw it kind of flip up on my recommended one day, but I never got a chance to dig into it. So I'm glad you're, you're letting us know about it. It's more along the lines of a Deadpool as far as how raunchy it really is. So you're not going to want to, you know, have the kids in the room when you watch it, but um, kids, that's right. part of the, the enjoyment yeah. of it, if you will. Oh, very cool. Uh, Brian, what about yourself? Uh, dude, uh, Better Call Saul, good place. Of course, I watched uh, episodes one and two. I think they showed them back to back, right, Bryce? Yeah, they yeah. put it in. And it's one episode on Hulu. This is going to, the numbering is always bad. I hate it when this. they do that. Yeah. yeah. So bad. And of course, we started uh, Dirk Gently, which we'll talk about in spoiler in time. But most importantly, I have been wasting all my time on a little thing called Spider-Man. That game is amazing. Uh, I, I know we're primarily about video entertainment and not video games. But let me just say, one of the great things about Spider-Man is I have a five-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 14-year-old, and me, and all of us have been able to enjoy various aspects of the game. There's a logic puzzle. We hand over the controls to my 14-year-old daughter, who's able to solve the logic puzzle. We get to the storytelling element, and, and my my, my uh, five-year-old hits all the buttons to go. We have to get from point A to point B, so we have to web-sling, so my 10-year-old does it. Oh, crap, there's a battle. Quick, hand the controller over to Dad. It's a blast. Like, enjoying this as a family and how good the narrative story has been so far. How, how far into it are you, Bryce? 
I think I'm 50%. The game says I'm I'm 50%. In. Yeah, no, I, it's it's been amazing. Highly, highly, highly recommended, uh, if for no other reason than its narrative value. So in, in our show where we tell people what TV shows uh, they can discover and <laughs> yep. watch, Brian's recommendation is don't watch TV, play Spider-Man. Play a video game. Hi. Also, that's been what Brian said for eight years running. So <laughs> to yeah, the no, surprise a, of exactly nobody. <laughs> uh, you know, I, the, I was going to pick Dirk Gently as the thing I watched this week that I love the most because I haven't actually watched that much still doing my move. But last night, Poldark the period drama that's set in Cornwall uh, from, I think it's like Channel 4 in the BBC, but it's on PBS here in the U.S., finally hit. And I would have, I'm going to put that back on here because it's a period romance. Uh, it's got, you know, it's got some battles. It's got some some fun stuff to, to, to keep people of all interests uh, motivated to watch it. But we had so much fun last holiday season watching this that watching it last night, on the last day of September, made it feel like Christmas in the house, uh, and I, I think that says something for a show. If it's if it's that powerful, that can like pull you back to a time with a new episode, uh, with with new things happening. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a shout out to Pull Dark. Bryce, what should we be on the lookout for? Hey, we got a letter from Kevin. He writes, uh, "Hello, Court Killers. Uh, I have a recommendation. It is Extinction on Netflix." This is not a good movie, but it does something <laughs> unique. I won't spoil anything, but make sure you don't watch any trailers or read the reviews. It's very important to go unspoiled. Thank you, Kevin H. Uh, we talked about this on uh, on the show a couple months ago before it was it was was launching. Uh, it's an in, an alien invasion movie starring Michael Pena. Um, I share Kevin's sentiment that it might not be a very good film. I think it's serviceable uh but i think if you also want a low stakes alien action movie that you can go in blind on uh you could do worse than extinction um and you probably already have netflix so man put that on the poster you (laughs) can do worse (laughs) you can do worse bryce that's right so uh that's extinction streaming now on netflix by the way i i think it's worth mentioning that there's a place for that type of entertainment. Yeah, low, I'm, low, I'm, low stakes entertainment. I think is a good way stakes. to put it. Yeah, it's it's very simple. It's not trying to. Ooh, like, yeah, I, you ooh. got permission to walk away at any moment. But right. my guess is you'll definitely have like six really good rounds of Hearthstone while it's on in the background. And it's not even. <laughs> it's it's. I think it's an hour and a half. So it's not like you're going to be stuck with a two two and a half hour. I tell you what. I mean that that is the reason my wife is watching that Chinese. Uh, teen romance meteor garden show because she's like (laughs) i can't i can't handle she's like she wasn't even sure she could handle pole dark to be honest and she's like i just need something that i can take my brain off that's interesting Um, the idea of television that something uh, as something that doesn't request too much of you like like stop being so needy television (laughs) i just i just want you on in the background to yeah sometimes you want the challenge and you want to think and you want to watch like a fargo or 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 something but or or a black mirror yeah, Death in Paradise is mine, where I'm just like, oh, you know, I know exactly how this is going to go. I don't know exactly who the killer is, but it's, you know, it's it's relaxing. And this so. is just a movie. This is just an hour and a half. So like, even if even if you it was a bad TV series, it's still a much shorter time investment. That's how Jeff- I felt about. Uh, oh, what was that? Um, uh, there was that movie that takes place on the moon uh, around Europa. 
uh, uh, and, and it turns out there was aliens on Europa, and it had the dude. 2001? No, 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 no. Uh, the other other Europa one. Uh, and, and, and there was like Europa? squirrely. No, okay, all right, you're, you're killing me. You're killing me. Somebody's, it's, it's got the dude what? from District uh, 9 in it. Chappie? And, uh, okay, yes, Chappie, sure. Let's say Chappie. <laughs> no, I, uh, Jeff, I was going to put you on the spot. Uh, if, if, see if you any low-stakes programming that you love came to mind that you're willing to admit to. Oh, gosh. Probably not that I'm willing to admit to. Probably <laughs> reality TV, right? Like, yeah, it sounds okay. a lot like um, when you say you could do worse. Uh, you know, it's brain candy, right? You don't want to think totally. about it. You just want to sit there. Maybe you're mm. on your iPad, you're half watching, you're so doing other things. You know, your brain is actually occupied doing something else, but you're watching. So there was a- I, I kind of get the sci-fi thing. If the brain candy that you like is sci-fi, maybe that's where you go with it. Mm-hmm. Um for me, I'd just rather not mention any of my terrible shows. It That's was it was totally... Europa Report. That's what it was. That's a good low stakes so sci fi. Right. Uh, yes, per, sure, Who, pretty I've much. Never heard of that. Oh no, no, no. we movie? talked about it on Weird Things. Uh, uh, okay, yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, all right. Yeah, okay. Hey, folks, if you got you, something we should be on the lookout for, low stakes, high stakes, highbrow, lowbrow, whatever, email us, cordkillers at gmail.com. Brian, yeah. how's things at Scam Stuff? Uh, look, man, uh, you want to talk lowbrow, you want to talk highbrow, regardless, you should be ashamed of your brow and you should cover it with a hat. And uh, while you're wearing a hat, cover it up, that disgusting brow of yours, somebody might come up and attack you. Guess what? You got to be ready. You got to kick him in the butt. And if only you had a hat that was convertible into a weapon, something that was filled with a bunch of heavier than lead buckshot that uh, that you were able to, to turn into a, a blackjack and, and snap their wrist bones with it. Uh, guess what? That exists. It's over at scamstuff.com right now. It's called the Rogue's Revenge. And for the first time in classic ball cap style, it is available right now. Oh, oh he's, Tom's, he's Tom's walking, walking away. Off, uh, oh, he's got a DTNS hat. <laughs> Oh, okay, but 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 you're so not you you're not any tougher. See, that's the problem. Is you're just yeah. I still need to ashamed. go buy the Rogue's Revenge hat. Though, that's, yeah. See, all right. Myself. Maybe we yeah. can make a special DTNS edition of the Rogue's oh, Revenge hat. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's move on to the front lines. Front lines. Bloomberg sources say an upcoming episode of Black Mirror will let Netflix users choose what happens at certain points in the storyline. It's the first interactive story meant for adults that Netflix has done, and the first of several experiments along those lines. The sources tell Bloomberg Netflix has a deal for more uh, live-action interactive stories, one done and is negotiating the rights for two others, uh, and uh, some of those are based on video games, Uh, though they aren't actually video games themselves. Jeff, uh, maybe I'm alone in this one, but I read this and I'm just like, Ugh, a show I have to watch twice because like, I, it's not like I'm just going to pick one and be like, well, that's the ending I got, you know, like, do you like this? Do you, do you like being handed homework from the Twilight Zone of the 21st century? Brian, I think you nailed it. That's exactly what I was thinking as Tom is going through this. I'm thinking now I have to pick my own ending. We were just talking about. I was just mentioning brain candy and turning my brain off for that type of, uh, of uh, consumer, right? There's no way I'm going to go and, and just pick my ending. I, I don't want to deal with that. Just tell me how it ends unless it's, uh, you know, one of those kind of movies that we're all frustrated or sometimes frustrated with where they kind of let you pick the ending. They don't let you actually physically go out and pick A or B, right? There are oh. those movies that just stop uh, – stop and you have to figure out what happened like i'm okay with that that's a great idea point, like I don't have to go 
down both roads, which you know you will do. What if you had the movie come out and with a straight face, they said, this is the movie, end of discussion. And then you let everybody get real frustrated with how it went. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry. Would you like had to have seen things go differently? I guess what you can. <laughs> like, like, make that a surprise. Don't don't lead with that. If it's so bad, people hate it. Everyone's just going to say, why didn't you just put out the good version? I mean, well, <laughs> because everybody you, will have a different version of what the bad. good one is. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, Plex <laughs> is trimming some of the features it says are not used much, like plugins, cloud sync, and the watch later bookmarking feature. Plex even jokingly tweeted, a DM, DM us a photo of your cloud sync library and today's newspaper plugins which let uh, users and services from places like Pandora and CNN were used by fewer than 2% of Flex uh, sorry Plex users its protocol is out of date and would need to be rebuilt to keep it going Plex also added support for subtitles which will roll out to Plex Pass preview in the next few days this is one of those things where it's like in the early days of things everybody's like uh, and also it can make toast and then eventually you figure out like nobody wants to make toast using Plex well, and, and, and there's like 1% of Plex users who love making toast who are going to get really angry. And so Plex is like, look, it just isn't worth it. Yeah, we let you make toast with Plex for years. Uh, but over the years, the costs just mount. And now it's broken. It only toasts half your bread. And to fix it, we'd have to build an entirely new toaster. Uh, so we're just not going to make toast with Plex anymore. We're sorry, okay? Also, while we're at it, you're having entirely too many carbs. Have you tried moving to the Mediterranean <laughs> diet? Yes. We do have an olive juice, olive oil press coming. I like Plex the olive juice shortly. press. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, MoviePass has been re-enrolling lapsed subscribers in its service as part of a select test group of a new plan. Basically, here's how it goes. If you didn't opt in to the most recent changes to three movies a month plan, your subscription was suspended. Some people actively canceled, but others were like, you know what? I'm just not going to opt in. I'm just going to let it expire. However, if you did that as of October 5th, you will start being charged again for a new plan that lets you get one movie a day from existing inventory, basically the old plan. And you only have until 9 p.m. Eastern, October 4th, to opt out of having the suspended subscription restarted. Jeff, I'm no expert, but this sounds to me like the actions of a company that is super solvent and confident in its future. Things are good. <laughs> yeah, this is I don't even know why MoviePass is still around or how they continue to exist. I mean, at one point I, I read they were losing like twenty five million dollars a month or some crazy number like that. So um, if I'm a subscriber to MoviePass and I just heard what Tom said, I mean, you're kind of getting you know messed around. Why would you continue with that, especially given AMC's? Subscription model, Cinemark subscription model, right? There are other choices now. The, right. the scuttlebutt yeah, it, that I heard was that there's some quarter report coming up, mm -hmm. and this may help boost the subscriber yeah. numbers after a big subscriber tank. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah, this movie is Pass technically is not doing anything wrong because they said, "Hey, we're going to change your plan." So we can't continue charging you unless you say okay, mm -hmm. and and we'll have to suspend you if you don't say okay because we want you on the new plan. They suspended you and then said, oh, well, you never actually said cancel, so if we give you your old plan back, we have every right to charge you. But it's some, not a cool thing to do. It's not, <laughs> it's not a good PR move, yeah. but it certainly is within the terms that, you know, if you didn't actively cancel it, 
basically you never took away your permission to be charged for the plan that you had before. And there are reports out there that I've seen a few reports of people saying, I definitely canceled. Here's my cancellation confirmation. Oh, no. But that, you know, I mean, that's that's hearsay. And maybe it's true. And and maybe there's a mistake in there. And and in which case, yes, that's not okay. That doesn't seem to be what MoviePass is trying to do there. What they're trying to do is just slimy. Yeah. Check Uh, check your cards, people. And uh, specifically, I think it's fair to say that that even in the abstract, even if they execute everything perfectly and are completely within their legal bounds, uh, certainly this is the type of move that is not made by somebody who's <laughs> winning. <luck. laughs> no, no, not at all. This is a, a, a this is just like you know a, a trying to bail out the Titanic with a teacup. Like it's ridiculous. So. Um, Speaking of, oh, sorry, go ahead. Do you have a question? No, no, I was about to read your line for you. Uh, Speaking of AMC, Stubbs A-List, they announced that it has signed up more than 380,000 users in the last three months since it launched in July 26th, or sorry, July 26th. Members watched more than 363 different movie titles to date. AMC is projecting that it'll see U.S. attendance for the first, uh, sorry, see increased U.S. attendance for the first time since 2015. They've also, uh, they're also offering a 12-month protection guarantee against changes to the program that could impact its pricing or benefits. Uh, gee golly willikers, Jeff, why do you suppose they're offering that? That's crazy. You know, what What interested me is you said that they're seeing increased traffic. Is that Was that part yeah, of the... Yeah, to, to me, the surprising part is that this is an extraordinary thing, that for the first time they're seeing increased traffic as a result of this program. My question would be, is that increased traffic a direct result of movie pass or is that just the movie schedule yeah oh that's interesting this might be this might be the kind of thing where they already saw a trend because of movie pass and now they get to swoop in and tell shareholders hey take a look at this awesome quarter we had uh uh possibly unrelatedly look at this program that we have who's great these guys also uh who loves mars products these guys uh, (laughs) exactly and it was a great it's actually been so movie traffic this year has been up all year Um, And last quarter was pretty solid. So when you read that, I just thought, you know, how are are they couching this to make it seem like MoviePass is driving this traffic? Or is it just a result of a strong movie schedule for the year? Or specifically the stub is A-list plan. It does feel like they're jumping in front of a parade and acting like the the uh, the leader <laughs> the yeah the the person with the thing yeah the thing um, the thing yeah. guy they're they're yeah, looking yeah. like the thing guy the the mater d right is the mater right? d yes that's exactly <laughs> right tom uh amc also <laughs> offers a 12 month protection guarantee is great like cost them nothing something they'd probably do just to you know avoid bad pr anyway and now again it's it's a little bit jumping in front of parade like hey and look what else we're already oh. doing that we'd always do for you excuse me a maitre d i would like one <laughs> brass band please <laughs> Uh, finally, Dish launched a dual tuner adapter for its Air TV player for 29 bucks. This is a small thing, but if you're interested in the Air TV, it's good to know. Uh, you can now watch a show that is being recorded while recording a second show if you buy this. Uh, they're also selling a bundle if you want to get an Air TV player and the dual tuner adapter all in one. It's $119 versus buying them separately would cost you $129. All right, let's get to the dispatches from the front. Drum major? 
Maybe a drum mate. Anyway, uh, Will writes in and says, hey, Brian and Tom, the other NVIDIA Shield owner here, emailing in as requested. Please tell Steve hi from me. I'm still enjoying the Shield and like that for some apps, it will keep the last few items viewed on the homepage. So picking up where I left off is more convenient. Having not used a Roku in quite a while, I don't know if this is a unique feature or not, but it is appreciated. Also, it's fun to be able to sideload some of the games from my phone onto it. And of course, being able to tap into all my PC games to play at 4K on the biggest screen in the house. Stefano in Italy also said, quick message to say, I use an NVIDIA Shield TV too. In Europe and generally outside the US, they are quite common. They provide a certain degree of freedom in the choice of apps. <laughs> and they're the only boxes with Plex Server, all caps, as far as I know. Keep up the good job. Thank you, Stefano. Uh, thankfully, uh, we found uh, both of the remaining uh, uh, Shield uh, folks. Um, Keith writes in saying, I am one of your producers watching and supporting. I heard a cry. Uh, I heard a call out for my help. So here you go. Uh, he says, I started with the Fire uh, Amazon Fire TV on my 11 TVs. Yes, I live in Indiana with a big house where they're inexpensive three years ago. I dabbled with an NVIDIA Shield when they first came out, but I couldn't justify the cost of multiple TVs. So I stuck with the Fire TVs. I then moved to Roku when Google blocked YouTube on the Fire TV. I then missed the ability to customize uh, side-loading apps. So I went back to the NVIDIA Shield. Tom, there's yet another one. Oh, my I currently- gosh. I currently have everywhere. I currently have four shields, one Mi Box, and six Fire TVs. The Shield TVs are hands down the most powerful devices I've used. They get uh, updated regularly, and now the Nvidia Game Pass is free. It has uh, console quality games at no additional qu- cost. Uh, the other Shield guy, Keith Stewart. Thank you so much, Keith. Oh, fantastic. Uh, and then, then uh, is that it for the Shield people? Okay, good. Uh, Tom from St. Louis writes, hey, killers. I'm currently using a Synology DS918 Plus to host my Plex server. It works great for my small household and the couple of family members who occasionally access my library remotely. The Synology OS is user-friendly and easy to manage remotely. Hope this helps out the emailer from last week. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, man. Uh, Okay, I wanted to set up this whole bit where every other letter was another Shield people. We get it. There's a lot of NVIDIA Shield users out there because here's the funny part, Tom. I only put half of them into the dock and we can't even get to all of them uh we know that there's very very good reasons to use a video but we do know no one uses an apple tv so we'll not get any (laughs) notice about that Andy writes in saying, hey, Brian, Tom, and Bryce. Okay, so Brian asked for it. Here it is. I have an Amazon Echo. Did I? Is that okay to say? Echo Spot. Okay, uh, Echo Spot, and I regularly use it with video. I picked up one thinking it would be, be in my bedroom, and I'd actually decided to put it in my home office, my primary workspace. That office is upstairs, and I can't hear the doorbell, but... I have an Amazon cloud camera out in front as well as the one out back, and I can ask uh, you-know-who to show me the front yard or the backyard. The most recent use case was on Friday as he waited for his new iPhone. Uh, He gets alerts where the person is detecting in the front yard. He could pull up the camera really quick enough to see whether it's a FedEx truck or a solicitor or what what have you. Uh, Fair enough. He points out that I didn't specifically ask whether it was for entertainment value, uh, but but instead... Super legit reason right. to have the video on on the Echo Spot. We want pictures of people watching Hulu on the Echo Spot. All right, that's what we wanted. This and is a perfectly legitimate and reasonable use of the Echo Spot. That's not that's annoying. That's not what we were talking about. We're like, who enjoys their television in in two inches in a circle? <laughs> 
Uh, finally, John in Orlando wrote in and said, in regards to the Apple TV story and them canceling the Dr. Dre show and asking other shows to be less dark or more upbeat so it'll be more family friendly, I'm fine with there being another family friendly channel because I'm sure there's a market for that. The thing I didn't understand is if that was the goal all along, why didn't they tell the people making the show that they were looking for family friendly in the first place? Uh, I 100% agree with John. He goes on to say, like, you don't ask for a documentary of Dr. Dre or a movie based on Dr. Dre's life and not expect uh, something that is along the lines of what Dr. Dre does. I mean, uh, I mean, I mean the, the, the obvious answer is they didn't really know. They still apparently don't seem to know what they're looking for. And there's that lag time and, and they did not begin with the ending in mind. They're still figuring it out. And, uh, that means, you know, weird moments like this when they so, randomly announce. I mean, we know Apple and Bono are very close, but you don't have to make I still haven't found what I'm looking for your company mantra. <laughs> That's God, it. Tom. It's a long way. It's fine. It's fine. Hey, Jeff, how you doing, man? Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people see so much more of your beautiful opinions? Uh, well... If you want to follow me, I am on Twitter. Look up Jay Peterson. Uh, I would appreciate that. Other than that, uh, email. I'm still hoping my AOL email address becomes somewhat popular, somewhat trendy again. So I'm keeping that. So it's jpeterson0179 at AOL.com. Feel free to reach out. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> and, then, and, and so the, the one last question I had about the whole uh, candy movie interaction, I, I was under the impression, like, oh, well, if you're in the candy business, you've got the leverage over the theaters, right? Because that's how they make their money. It sounds like it's it's still a battle no matter who you are. It is. Yeah. If you think about uh, candy, I mean, there's so many different candy man manufacturers that are fighting for space. So, you know, the leverage really is still with all the movie theaters because everybody wants to get one more candy item in that candy case. Well, and, and meanwhile, I, I assume that in general, uh, the candy folks uh, I'm talking to you like the candy, uh, you candy people. Uh, the uh, I, I assume that you've got two priorities. One is is you battle over the real estate on the storefront, but number two, you you hope for success. Like you just want this to be a popular place with high traffic, so that uh, so that you guys can can move more of your goods, right? Well, I think so. Um... So I'm responsible for selling more every year. So I, I can't hope for success. It had, there has to be success, unfortunately or fortunately. So, I mean, we we're just trying to put together different strategies to try to get more people to buy into the category. When you, when you look at popcorn and you look at soda, over 50% of the people that are walking through the door are buying popcorn or soda. In the case of candy, that category is eight to 10% of the people. So there's a big opportunity for us. Um, one of the things we see from a strategy perspective is how can we link the candy purchase with the uh, soda and popcorn. So when you go into your theater and you look at all the combos, you see a pizza combo, you see a pretzel a combo. Why is there not a candy combo? So that's really something from a strategic a standpoint a we're trying to drive. Is that whole Mr. Robot bit where he puts the M&Ms in the popcorn? Is that <laughs> is that big candy uh, placing uh, uh, Jeff that? Jeff himself big wrote that in the script uh, with by, by hand, I assume. They don't let me near any scripts, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. Well, Jeff Peterson, thank you so much uh, for joining us. I have forgiven you for drawing a mustache on that 1978 Keith Hernandez you traded me uh, back in 1978. Uh, so I'm glad we could move past that and do this show today. Our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. We're live on twitch.tv slash night attack, which is also carried on diamondclub.tv Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We'll talk to you next time. Hey guys, Brian and Tom here, and it's just the same old message at the end of the credits, just like always. 
That's right, Brian. Nothing new here except your name showing up. Oh my gosh, because I've you got a just name. supported us on Patreon. Yeah, all those $5 donors, look at that. That's your name in pixels. We're going to make you famous, kid. Put your There's name in pixels on the internet. There's names in there. But some of you are new. Some of you aren't there. It's sad. What can they do, Brian? I mean, they could go to patreon.com slash cord killers and pledge $5 an episode to be one of these amazing people. Like this the one. Amazing. Oh, look at look at that name right there. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>